Welcome to the Run for God podcast, the 5K Challenge, a 12-week journey from the couch to the 5K finish line. And here we are. I can't believe it. It's already week number two in our 5K Challenge. We're getting you from the couch to your very first 5K, thanks to Run for God. Our founder of Run for God Ministries and instructor Mitchell Hollis is here, and also Dean is here with us as well. And we've got some guests we'll talk to here in just a little bit. But uh, hopefully you've gotten your 5K materials, your Run for God materials at runforgod.com. And uh, I encourage you, go back and listen to week number one. If you just somehow uh, found yourself listening to week two here, it's very, very important that you start and you hear what what curriculum and what material you missed in in the first week and also it goes over the run for god story and tells you exactly what we're doing so if you did week one you fall into one of two categories real easy to say either man that was a piece of cake i was walking and running just a little bit at a time or oh my goodness 60 seconds of running that seemed like forever for those of you who did started last week mitchell is there anything else people need to know as we get started this week the number one thing i can say is take it easy um, the the biggest temptation is for most people they say sixty seconds that was pretty easy I can do more than that don't do it yeah. don't skip ahead in the program that's that's the biggest mistake people make you'll wind up injured frustrated burned out so don't do it just just stick to the plan also if you're a walker like I said last week in in, in week one we do have a walking program for this so if you fall into that category walk we we love walkers. But if you find yourself wanting to run, then give it a try. Yeah, um, yeah. sure. So. It, it, if, if you've started to walk then with the intention of that's what I'm going to do, I'm just going to have to walk this thing, God may be telling you, no, you got a little bit more in the tank there. You could actually be a runner there. Yeah, and don't forget to take notes. You know, in Volume 4, we've got the journal in there. It's always good to write down what you're feeling, what the weather was, how many miles you did. Take some good notes so that you've got something to look back on. So in, in 10 weeks, when you feel like you're not making any progress – you can look back on week one and say, wow, look how far I've come. Dean, when you think about some of the notes and things that you've kept, because you've got a streak going, we talked about that last week. Um, have there been any of those notes that just motivated you on those mornings you didn't really feel like getting up and going? Oh, yeah. It's always great to look back at all the, the things that you've accomplished. It, it, it's it's twofold. It's the look where you came from, but it's also look what I did once before. Yeah. And so when you look at that, it's it's really motivating to go, hey, I can get back there again. Yeah, in week eight, when you're when you're running for twenty minutes, yeah. you're going to look back. You're going to think, "Man, I can't do twenty minutes." But you're going to be able to look back and say, "That same you eight weeks prior said I can't run for sixty seconds." Yeah. So it's, it's just good to have those those milestones documented. And Mitchell, I noticed at the beginning of each chapter of the book here, that at least the new edition, um, there seems to be questions there that people can ponder and ask and talk about. Yeah, I mean, these are just simple questions, and, and, and a lot of them are goal-oriented. And the first question is, what are my goals for this week? Um, you know, it's good to not only take inventory of what you've done, but what you're planning on doing. You know, short-term goals. Goals in writing, uh, it, it's proven. They're, they're more likely to happen if you write them down. And what are the things that I need to pray for this week? It may oh, be yeah. those workouts. It may be sure. finding time to fit it in. It may be whatever you need to pray for that week. Write it down because you're more likely to do that. And what are the challenges that potentially lay ahead this week? Um, if you write down those challenges, you're, you're more apt to navigate those. If you have a big meeting on a day and it's the day of your workout, write it down and figure out ahead of time how I'm going to navigate that. Because if it, if it comes to the moment – then, then chances are you're not going to get that workout in. So go ahead, and it's always good to plan ahead, 
as well as look back. And just like any type, anytime you're journaling, when you write down those prayer requests, then it's really awesome to go back and see how God answered those exactly. prayers and what exactly. he did. Hey, today on our 5K Challenge Week 2 podcast, uh, Mitchell Hollis, Dean Thompson, and Chad Varga from Frontrunner Athletics are here. What can we expect? Well, today we're going to we're going to talk about the very first story uh, or a story from the very first Run for God class written by a student in that class. Uh, today we're going to talk about running shoes. Most people don't understand that running shoes are by far the most important piece of equipment that any runner needs. And and before you start this program or at this point in the program, you need to go find a running store and sit down and talk with them about what your shoes need to be. You don't need to choose a shoe by your favorite color. And we're also going to talk about the running plan for this week. Good deal. Now, when we talk about uh, uh, shoes, Dean, what are your thoughts about running shoes off the top of your shiny head there? (laughs) (laughs) Well, my, my thoughts are to find something that you like and stick with it. Go to that running shoe store and find somebody who knows what they're talking about, who can fit you in something that fits you well. And then stay with it. What I find all the time is folks asking me, what kind of shoes I wear? Well, it doesn't matter what kind of shoes I wear, first of all. Second of all, find when you find something that you like, don't go experimenting with other shoes. If you like them and they keep you healthy and uninjured, yeah. then continue to use those. I've worn, I think the shoes that I have on today, I think this is my 36th pair of them. Wow. And so, um, I, yeah, wear the same shoe if it feels good and it works don't don't break what's not broken. Or- we're, we're teasing you a little bit here because we're going to let Chad loose on you here in a few minutes talking about shoes. But let's get started with our story first. Mitchell, tell us the story. Well, today's story, and we're not going to read the story, but today's story is uh, written by a lady by the name of Tammy Ellison uh, who lives right here in Ringgold, Georgia. And she was in the very first Run for God class. And the story that she writes is her experience in that class. And while we can't go through all the, the, the minute details of her story on over the podcast here, I can tell you what sticks out in my mind is she came because of the accountability. And and I think that accountability in in a fitness program and accountability in our walk with Christ is by far the most important thing that you need to identify early on. You need to surround yourself with people who have the same goals as you do, both spiritually and physically. And, and you need to use those people to hold you accountable through the process. And that's what that's what Tammy's story is all about. You know, when you think about that accountability, how many times have people started a weight loss program, a a read through the Bible program, a you fill in the blank there, and then they failed just because there wasn't somebody there to give them that extra not not nudge and that extra nod of approval and to say, hey, you got this and you can make it through. Yeah, I mean, I think back to the the, the, the structured training that I've had in the past, and I, and I have a goal race in mind. I always have that person who. You know, we make plans to have a, a Saturday morning run or whatever it is, and I know that I've got to be there. Yeah. And I think that's what's beautiful about this program is that you can surround yourself with people who who think like you do, who have the same goals that you do, and you're holding each other accountable, like I said, both spiritually and physically. Yeah. and. We're not going to give you the full Tammy story. It's in the book, and you can go there and you can get order your materials from runforgod.com and get that, and you'll see Tammy's complete story. And aren't there some questions in the book, too, that go along with each story? Yeah, you know, Tammy asked a few, uh, a few pointed questions, and number one, and I want to ask everybody listening, is, is who, in, who first encouraged you to start running? Um, you know, I think back to, to when I first started running, it was, a, it was a bunch of my friends, and it was basically a dare. Um, but that's a that's a great question to think back and write these answers down. Who who first in, 
started to, you know, encouraged you to start running. And, and who is your support team? That's, that's critical to identify who your support team is. And really every asset of your, every aspect of your life is who are those around you who can support you and, and hold you accountable? Because there's plenty of people out there going to try to tear you down. Yeah. Uh, both physically, they're, they're jealous, they're envious, whatever the reason, they're going to try to tear you down. So, so you've got to be ready for that. And you need to s- surround yourself with people who are going to build you up. Um, so who's your support team? And then do you have a church family to turn to in your times of struggle? You know, I, I think this is why the church is so important. Um, yes, people go to church who are, are, are broken. You know, the church is not made for perfect, perfect people. It's made for broken people. But it's a place where we can go and build each other up and edify each other and, and just there again hold each other accountable. And I, I think that's what's so great about Tammy's story and what drew her to this program was was not only the fitness side of it that was a very small part in in tammy's story if you read her story she actually didn't think she could do the running part Mm -hmm. but what she was drawn to was the friendships and the accountability and and she talks about the friends that she made and those are still friends today and it's because of how they were founded and like mitchell mentioned the church is a place for imperfect people we all are imperfect and if you've ever found yourself hurt by a church and you're thinking well i'm not going to go back i'm never going to go back have you ever had a bad meal at a restaurant or a bad sandwich at a restaurant that doesn't mean you're not going to go to restaurants anymore you just chalk that up as well that was a bad experience so now now some people and i know this is rare but some people are very self-motivated right i mean dean you're obviously motivated how long have you been running every single day well, I've run every day except one for the last seven and a half years, um, and I am self-motivated, and a lot of my runs I do on my own, and I don't do with folks, but I can tell you this, it is a lot easier when I have someone to run with. It's a lot easier when I know I'm going to meet someone to run. Um, and when I was in high school, I remember I woke up early in the morning before school, and we had a, a rendezvous location for another runner on our cross-country team, and we met a mile out from the house because we knew that uh, I wasn't going to miss my time because if I missed it, he was going to give me a hard time, and oh, if yeah. he missed it, then I was going to give him what for. Uh, but it's so important, and it's the same way. You know, when we're in church, we talk about small groups and our Sunday school class, for example, we hold each other accountable for things. We pray for each other. And, and when things don't go well, um, that, that's important to have somebody to lean on. I just had a, a, something that happened in my life that was tough to go through, and it was great to have my, my Sunday school class to lean on. And it's the same thing in running. You know, there was a scripture reference I remember from, uh, uh, from Tammy's story that was Isaiah forty thirty one. Do you want to read that to us, Mitchell? Yeah, it says, But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And I, I just think this is a, a beautiful verse um, that explains what can be done when we put our trust in Christ. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the other verses is, is I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians 4.13. It's amazing how many verses are in the Bible that they kind of have this same thing. It's, it's talking about putting our, putting our weight, putting our troubles, putting our challenges on Christ. You know, we're, we're not made to rely on ourself. There's a, there's a much a bigger power there that we, can, that we can put our faith and trust in. And also those around us. Um, they can share in that weight as well, and that's the beauty of it. That is great. Hey, listen, one of these days we're going to pull out of Dean what it was that 
made him miss one day in seven years of running. We're going to find out what happened on that day. But when we come back, Running Shoes with Chad Varga from Front Runner Athletics. We all love to rally around great stories. Like, for example, how about the story of how God used a construction worker from Dalton, Georgia, named Mitchell, to start a nationwide ministry called Run for God? Well, you can check out that video of Mitchell's story and many other stories at comeonletsgo.com. So I'll never forget um, when I was a, a new youth pastor here at Burning Bush Baptist Church in Ringgold, Georgia, and I gathered a bunch of students together, and we decided to go run our first 5K together. And we enrolled in the FCA for 5K race over at Chattanooga State, and that's when I met for the very first time Chad Varga, the owner of Front Runner Athletics in Hickson, Tennessee. And uh, Chad's joining here with us on week number two of the Run for God 5K Challenge podcast. And Chad... Welcome to the podcast. Oh, thanks, Ted. It's great to be here, and I want to thank Mitchell and Dean uh, from Run for God for having me. Uh, we've had a great association with them for many years now, and it's it's been it's been awesome for us. And Chad, for them. You're, you're you're affiliated with with FCA. You've been sponsoring that race for a long, long time, and then here with Run for God, I'm seeing a common thread here. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty obvious that you're a man of faith. Oh, well, thank you, and and. Um, yes, I am, and it's been great to be associated with both organizations, um, and um, it's been a real blessing for me and my family. Gotcha. So. Now, do you train your, your staff there at Front Runner when they come in not to sell shoes by what the favorite color is, right? That's what, <laughs> that's what Mitchell and Dean have stressed here big time already. Well, if they're really attached to a color, Ted, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, there's a lot more to it than that. We... Uh, We've been in business now um, almost over 30 years, and, and the shoes have evolved. Um, but uh, basically, when you have somebody come in, you take them through a pretty pretty good analysis of their gait. Um, We're going to talk about that here in so. just a second. Chad, the, we, you just mentioned there's a lot of choices when it comes to footwear and things and shoes. It's kind of like looking for a car. You've got different styles, different mm -hmm. likes, different needs. What do you need a car for? Four-wheel drive, two-wheel drive, all of that. And so Chad's going to make it a lot less complicated. Tell us, Chad, what, what's your background as a runner, though? Oh, well, I've started um, in the Tri-Cities area. Um, uh, I was working for Texas Instruments at the time, and um, I saw these guys out there running and uh, doing laps around the building. I said, eh, I can do that. So I started running with them, and then um, they kind of pushed me. And it's like Dean talked about. Once you get with a group of folks that are accountable, that you're accountable to, the game changes a little bit, you know. You uh, you start to learn to uh, to be there on time. You start to learn to uh, to push yourself a little more, and um, and that's really what got me started. So if I come walking into Front Runner or any of our our students here in the Run for God podcast, they come in and they ask you, "How do I know what shoe is right for me?" Because there's a ton of them. Oh yeah, there's there's, and there's a lot of uh, stuff out there that will a lot of people come in Ted with pretty preconceived notions, or what their friends told them was their best shoe, and the the problem there is you have to each person is unique their foot shape is different, 
their sizing is different, their, the, the way they run is different. Some people tend to roll inward, and that's called pronation, um, and which, which is a whole different set of shoes. And some people have more of a tendency to supinate, which is more on the outside. And then you have some people that are neutral. That's one step. Um, some people look at me, and when I pull out the Brannock device, which measures their foot size, and they say, I haven't seen one of these things since I was a little kid. Yeah. You know, and just take them through. And, and then you talk to them about what their goals are. I mean, uh, Dean and you guys talked about goals are so important. What is, what is their goal? Where, where are they, what are they trying to do? What are they trying to achieve? And that enters into it also. So, so now once you find out everything you can about the customer as they come in there, then what step do you take next? Um, what we do is we usually pull a few pairs of shoes once we, and then try them, let them run, run around with them, let them try them out. And then, uh, then they it's pretty much, they're driving the, they're driving. A lot of the times they'll go, well, I knew this was might be a better shoe for me. Well, but why didn't you pull it out? Well, because the shoe your friend told you was a good shoe isn't even in the right. I mean, it, yeah. it was probably good for them, but it's not the one that'll work for you. That's what Dean was mentioning in, in our last segment. He said that a lot of times people ask him, well, what shoes do you wear? He said, well, these are the shoes that I wear, but that may not be the right shoe for you to wear. That's absolutely true. And that's, we hear that all the time. But once they get a chance to try out the few pairs that will put them in and, and try them, and then they usually will know, wow. Usually you get a lot of wows. Yeah. This is the best shoe I've ever felt. And then they'll get two or three wows, so they get to pick between each one and figure out which one is the best for them. Hey, Chad, it, it, one thing that I think uh, is a, a big misunderstanding that I think I thought you were going there just a second ago is people aren't typically wearing the right size shoe when they come in, are they? Oh, not even close. I was guilty of that for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, most oh. people most people are wearing shoes that are too small. Can you kind of explain that a little bit? Well, it's, uh, it's a lot of people base what they – get at the running you know for their running shoes or their athletic footwear on their um, dress shoe size which there's a usually a big difference there the dress shoe size is oftentimes quite a bit larger Um, you know you if you go I'm sorry quite a bit smaller is what I meant to say so if you're wearing a size like 10 in your dress shoe it's very very typical for that person to leave it with an with an 11 and a half wow (laughs) A lot. Most most of the time, it's about a size. Sometimes it, even more. Is that because the way the foot strikes when you're running, as opposed to just walking around the office? You are putting a lot more force. That's very true. About two to three times more on running than you um, than you are walking. So you're putting a lot more force on the shoe, and they just the the lasts of the running shoes tend to be a little bit smaller. I'll tell you, this is a good point why you need to go to a running store to get your running shoes and not your big box stores. Because forever, I mean, I was in my probably 30s, maybe even low 40s before I realized that my shoes, the, the athletic shoes I was buying, were way too small. My feet were crammed in there and I didn't have room to spread out. It was when I went to a running store that they told me here's your size, you need to wear them. Oh, no, no, that's too big for me. And then I tried it on and it's made a big difference. Yeah. What are the physical differences between shoes? There's a lot of differences between running shoes. Some um, some shoes um, that are made for more pronation or more uh, control have a little bit more um, what they call uh, 
dual density midsoles, which means they won't allow your foot to, to roll in as much. Um, there's all different kinds now of different cushioning materials. Most are based on EVA foams. Um, some of them now are based on more plastic. There's, there's some evolution going on in the marketplace of different types of, of midsole materials. Basically, the difference a lot of times that people ask me is why am I paying, instead of $60 for my running shoes, why am I paying twice that? And I tell them, you're paying for the midsoles. You're paying for a more advanced midsole material that holds up to your running and is made for the type of foot that you have. And uh, so it's, it's a bit of an adjustment for some, a, a lot of people because it's, it's a little bit more than what they're used to have paid in the past. Terrain, does that make a big difference? It does, it does. Now terrain, um, especially if you're doing pretty intense trail work. If you're on trails a lot, there are different types of trail shoes. Usually they'll be a little bit more stiff through the shank and the midsole and they'll be able to, to put up with a little bit more grip on the bottom. Um, so yeah, there is a difference. Um, a lot of road shoes can be used on the trail, but they'd have to be pretty, pretty groomed trails. When you mentioned tread on the bottom, does it make a difference, the, the amount of tread or the, you know? You know, it's funny, Ted, in a lot of cases, if you're seeing the tread start to wear out, you're usually way too late. Um, because it's the tread usually is a little bit tougher on the bottoms, and if that's starting to wear out, that means you've probably waited a little too long. Because when you push that midsole in, which is the you know what you're the main thing you're paying for, when you push that midsole in, it's going to be really spongy, and so it's probably too late when they start to wear. As a coach, I see a lot of athletes who are wearing shoes well past their useful date because there's still tread on the bottom, and they think they're not worn out because right. I've still got tread, but the midsole is shot. There's no cushion, and they get a new shoe, right. and they put that on and go, oh my gosh, I didn't realize how bad those were. <laughs> right. yeah. And a lot of people don't understand that a lot of injuries will come as a result of having shoes that are, that are worn out. They don't think they're worn out because, like Dean said, they look good. Uh, but that can also lead to some some injuries. It sure can. Yeah, that's usually people ask me all the time how long are the shoe, how many miles should I run in the shoes? But it it varies. But um, I will say probably anywhere from three to four hundred fifty miles. Three hundred. I mean three three hundred to four hundred and fifty miles is usually a, a good. Sign. One thing I have uh, used as kind of a, a little bit of a help is. Take the bottom of your shoes, push right where your big toe is. If it gets pretty spongy right where your big toe is, it's usually pretty much time. Or compare them to a new. You know, even bring your shoes in. We can always check them. We'll push there and then push and let you push. And it'll go, oh, my gosh, these things are just way too soft. Gotcha. So. If you still have tread on the bottom of your shoes and you've ran 300, 400 miles, that just means you have a great pair of shoes to mow the grass in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, most people don't understand like that, that shoes are worn out long before they look like they're worn out. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. very true. Dean, for you, being a, as much of a faithful runner as you are, how long does a pair of shoes usually last you? 
I get about 400 miles out of a pair of shoes. Okay. It's funny because I used to be when, when, when I was young and I didn't have to worry about injuries nearly as much <laughs> as I do now. Yeah. I'd get a thousand miles out of a pair of shoes. But boy, the difference when I put on a new pair. We are not recommending that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're going to take a break. And when we get back, uh, um, I'm going to ask you guys about the myths surrounding running shoes. And I'm sure you guys have heard it all. So we'll be right back. If you want the perfect music to listen to while you run, check out J Radio. It's a music streaming platform with positive music in a variety of genres. If you like more worship or if you like more rock or you like whatever, you can check it out. Help you keep motivated to running. JRadio.com or in your app store. Well, as complicated as running shoes are, I'm sure there are probably some myths out there, just like we had some myths around running in week one of our Run for God podcast. So Chad is here with uh, Front Runner Athletics. And Chad, what are some of the myths that you hear and then the truth behind those myths? Well, one of the myths you'll hear all the time is when people come in, I want to see your most expensive shoe. <laughs> the implication being is the most expensive shoe is the best one. Yeah. We say, no, hold on. Can we take the time to analyze you and look? Because the most expensive shoe in the store might not be the one that's the best for you. And in 90 plus percent of the time it isn't. So. And I'll tell you, remember, we talked about Chad being a man of faith. There are some shoe stores that they may go ahead and push you towards that most expensive shoe, but as a business owner, he would much rather stand on his testimony and get you in the right pair of shoes and have you back as a repeat customer than just a one and done. What else? What are some other ones? Um, there, there, has been, there is some credence to this, but you can you look at somebody's foot and just look at it and think what type of shoe. Oftentimes, that can work, but many times it won't. You can look at somebody's arch and tell them their pronation tendencies. Um, a lot of times we'll see people with high arches, the, the myth being the high arch people are more um, supinate on the outside or neutral, and the people with flat feet pronate or roll in. Um, that can be the case, but a lot of times it's not. We'll see people with flat feet that put more of the weight on their weight on the outside of their feet, uh, so, so you, that's why you need to get analyzed because a lot of people will go and you'll see a lot of people say, I know I've got a high arch, so I need a neutral shoe. Well, not so much. Okay. So. Wear patterns on shoes then from that. Uh, shoes are made for particular body sizes. I've heard that rumor before, that myth. Is that true? Um, not really. No, it can be people that are, that are probably larger some people you know we'll see ted quite a bit a few times where people will actually lose their shoe size as they as they go along their running journey and as they lose weight or get in better shape sometimes it won't be weight sometimes it'll be they just become more efficient in their running as they run more and so um no, I would say you definitely, as your journey goes and as your Run for God uh, journey goes, you want to, at different times, go back in and have your gait analyzed because it can change. Gotcha. Yeah. All right, guys, let's, let's, let's do a little test here of Chad and see how well he is here. He, you know, they say <laughs> that he could be like an FBI profiler when it comes to shoes and stuff. So taking a look at my shoes, what can you tell me about me? 
I put well, my feet up on the counter here. He's okay, looking at I don't the even get to see shoes. the shoe, Ted. There you go. I think, yeah, it's a zero-drop shoe. It's an ultra. So we'll, we'll put in a plug for ultra. Very, I, would, I would go there and say you've got a wide forefoot, which uh, we can call maybe a Fred Flintstone foot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we've, we've, okay. we've heard that before. Um, probably um, you might be more of a heel-to-toe striker uh-huh. because a lot of the zero-drop folks like the, the heel-to-toe. So how am I doing so far? Doing good, doing good. What about the wear of these? Am I, am I at a replacement point on these? Hard to tell because I'm just looking at the bottom. (laughs) (laughs) Chad knows what he's talking about. He really does. Anything else, guys, you want to ask the shoe guy here while we got him? I think you did a good job of (laughs) wrapping it up and telling us uh, what we need to know about running shoes. Good deal. Well, we're going to come back and, uh, um, uh, and talk about our quote of the week. Dane, do you know what the quote of the week is? The quote of the week is from Henry Ford, and it is, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. <laughs> Your mind and the way that you think about things is so, so important. Mitchell, let's get to it. We're going to put these shoes to the test. What are the running plans for this week? Okay, so the running plan for this week is almost exactly the same as last week with the exception of one change, and it's a 30-second increase on the run. So all three workouts are going to be the same. You're going to walk for 90 seconds. I'm sorry. You're going to jog for 90 seconds, and you're going to walk for two minutes, and you're going to do that for 20 minutes total. Remember, don't forget about the five-minute warm-up walk and the five-minute cool-down. Um, there again, like I said, it's, it's 90 seconds of jogging, two minutes of walking. If you're doing the walking plan, it's two minutes of walking, 90 seconds of walking faster. Uh, but the most important thing is get out there and do it. Find the time today. Put it in your schedule like we talked about last week. Uh, make it a priority and get out there and do it, and you'll be so glad you did. Good deal. Dean, anything else we need to wrap up with? Yeah, just remember, folks, if you're out there and and it feels easy to you, don't do more, especially if you haven't been super active in the past. It may feel easy to you, but if you try to do more than what we're asking you to do, it's going to lead to problems or could very well lead to problems. So take it easy, just like Mitchell said at the beginning. Um, And if it felt uh, hard to you, it's going to get easier i promise just be faithful keep working at it and uh and you're gonna you're gonna do well also keep writing those thoughts down don't forget about that uh, what we talked about earlier record those thoughts you'll be glad you did later and i can't stress one thing enough we didn't say this earlier but we we've talked about the different running stores and things like that but if if you go to your running store or or whatever store you go into to buy shoes wherever you live and the first question that the salesperson asks you is what color do you want <laughs> you really need to turn around and leave uh, we've got all the resources in the book uh, that you can you can do the research you can find out what kind of shoe you need uh, but be sure and get some some wisdom here because this this honestly can can make or break your journey through this 5k challenge and don't forget to get your 5k challenge materials at runforgod.com if you haven't already and there are a lot of other great cool items there too at the run for god store like t-shirts and goodies remember this all started with a t-shirt 10 years ago also check out the run for god youtube channel just subscribe hit that notifications bell and you'll be able to see when the new videos come out and if you have any questions about your relationship with christ most important thing of this entire program 
Instagram. Click on Peace with God there at runforgod.com. All right. God bless you. Be looking for week number three. We're going to be talking about equipment, I believe, I think. Absolutely. You've been listening to the Run For God podcast. To find out more, visit runforgod.com.